Welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast, episode number 193. If you're looking for podcast practice materials in the Bud Powell transcription part one, go to jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 193. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast where we have one mission, that is to help you achieve jazz piano freedom so that you can express your true inner soul and emotions instead of having to copy what others have shown you. Now we do this by providing structured and organized jazz piano education on specific jazz piano tools that you can then take and use over any tune so that you have complete jazz piano freedom. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. All right, welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 193. I'm your host, as always, Brendan Lowe. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for all of your support. We've been getting a lot of uh, really, really kind and nice emails um, filled with appreciation and um, gratefulness, and I... Um, I really love that. I love hearing from people. I love seeing your response and your support. And um, it's amazing in this time because, you know, I, it's it's hard for me too. It's hard to keep going in the, these crazy times right now with um, COVID and everything like that. And, you know, I'm just like you guys. I wake up sometimes and I, I feel uh, not good. You know, I feel crappy. And um, when I see those emails from fans and anyone who just writes in randomly, anybody at all, you know, from all over the world, and it just really, it makes my day and it, it actually, it's, it's what keeps me going, you know, um, doing this and it's hard to do something consistently for a long, long time, like to produce and these lessons and podcasts and like of the weeks and everything like that. But I do it for you guys. And honestly, those, those emails and the kind words that expressing how much this has changed your life and how much you appreciate this, it, it honestly is, it's what keeps me going. So if you ever want to write in, uh, feel free to do so whenever you want, right? Because it'll always make me happy. Trust me, I, I will never get sick of hearing um, how jazz piano has changed your life. And if our education has affected you, I would love to hear about it, okay? So um, clearly you might be able to hear, um, I'm a little I'm a little struggle right now. I'm kind of struggling. <laughs> it's uh, spring in Sacramento and uh, my allergies are just going nuts. So I'm not going to talk too much right now, <laughs> um, but I want to dive into this lesson. And so what I'm going to be doing here is I'm going to be, you know, I was having a conversation with someone through email um, about these, this bonus that we have in the membership called uh, Lego Building Blocks. And it's about deconstructing um, solos, but to use the solos, uh, you know, how to use solos, how to use transcriptions effectively. And what I like to <clears throat> refer to is that of using them as Lego blocks. So like I did a couple episodes ago, um, I took a bonus that we have that we offer inside the membership from, um, there called, uh, my improv blueprint, right? Masterclass bootcamp class. And what I'm going to do is kind of the same thing. I'm going to teach on a theory that I have and a bonus that's inside the membership. And that's going to be on using souls and transcriptions, but taking building blocks and thinking about them as Legos and creating kind of this, you know, um, journal or, you know, database. And they're not licks though. Okay. They're, they're very different from licks. And I'm going to explain that as I go further, but, um, licks are more kind of lines, like lines that flow over a two, five, one 
that are do not change. Okay, so that would be like a um, a two measure lick. You know, um, could be uh, a little bit smaller. But the Lego building blocks that I'm talking about are like two notes, three notes maybe most, um, four notes, four notes about that. Okay, not three notes most, but about two to four notes. They're not strings of notes, right? Because when you have these strings of notes, it kind of locks you in. So the longer the line, the longer you're locked in. And that's why I want to take this time to deconstruct Bud Powell's um, anthropology solo. It's going to be two parts. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I'm going to do the first eight bars that he has a solo, which is very sparse for Bud in a way. And um, I'm going to do the second eight bars as well. So the first two A sections, maybe I'll do three parts. Maybe I'll do the bridge as well because he's got some good stuff there. But um, this is going to all be all about Legos. And so these Legos are going to be small building blocks. And I guess um, I will leave it for the lesson to explain more. And again, I apologize about my, uh, my voice and my state of uh, podcast and my mic is very sensitive and it's a, it's a really good podcast mic so it picks up everything so again I apologize about that I'll try and be conscious of my sniffles and my non-ability to breathe <laughs> but with that being said let's dive right in here we go all right so these lego building blocks are going to be small little patches so bud starts his soul off like this So what I want you to take away from this, and I'm going to keep going in the solo, is these small building blocks you want to use and really um, harness and see, pick apart what you like, right? So that was very, very simple, and I want to start with a very simple example. So clearly, you can do lots of things with one note, which he's doing. He's just playing this rhythmic pattern. And it's on the five, right? And you really got to go into detail on these types of things, right? So he's starting on the five, and then he's going up to... I would call this the three of, if you're thinking in the key of B flat. So we're in the key of B flat here. So I'm just thinking all B flat here, right? He's not really playing over the changes. And that's it. That's a building block in itself. That's a Lego block right there, right? So if that's something that you like and you kind of relate to, you can put that in your database, right? In your journal and be like, okay, you know, anytime I'm kind of thinking over more of a one major chord, Let's say you're in the key of C. It doesn't have to be over rhythm changes, right? It could just be like a C major 7, right? So you could have this, right? And then you could have... You could start your solo off like that. Now, the great thing about these Lego blocks is that you can alter and change them. So maybe you don't want to play that rhythm. I might just go... Now, I added my own little flourish there, my own little spice, right? I added a little roll. Bud didn't do that. He just plays this right? But adding that little flourish, that little spice, excuse me, is is what you can do to these Lego blocks. The, the purpose of the Lego blocks is that it allows you freedom to change, morph, and manipulate them into your own, right? So again, if we have the C major 7 chord, you know, now from there, I can also roll down. I can do this. You see how I added a little space in there too, right? I could do one slide here, right? Or I could come down. So 
already I'm starting to gather ideas from this one simple line, right? Now, again, this is a Lego building block. It's not a lick. It's not a two-bar phrase, right? You know, something like that or whatever it is. It's not this like big, long lick that you're having to memorize. Something like that, right? When you learn licks that are long streams of lines, you're kind of locked into those. But what we're doing here, what I'm doing here is deconstructing these small bite-sized pieces of his solo. And when you go deep into analyzing them, you can start to use them and build them on your own. So we've taken uh, apart the first two measures, which you're probably like, Brendan, that's two notes. I'm literally using two notes, but I'm creating multiple ideas for them. So let's go on, okay? So he has... So where is the next Lego building block? It's this. So what is that? Like, what is that line, right? So essentially he has, again, we're thinking in B flat, he has nine, seven, one. So what's happening here is this, this is a bebop approach. And this is chord scale above to half step below to the one. And then he resolves down to the five. And again, for a lot of more intermediate or advanced players, this is going to be pretty common knowledge, but... Um, you can still think about this with an open mind and use these in different ways. So this happens on the four, the downbeat of the four. So one, two, three, four, and one, and. And the and is on the five. Now we can transfer that to any other key, right? So again, he's using nine, seven, one, or you can think about this in terms of two, kind of like two, one whole step above the root, half step below the root, and then to the root, and then to the five. So if we were to do this in the key of C, or excuse me, E flat, we'd do this. A flat, right? Wherever you want. So that Lego building block, that's our new building block, right? So again, we can use this in a lot of different ways. So it doesn't have to be on the four, you know, maybe we use it on the one, two. So again, we'll go back to our C major seven example, right? So maybe I play one, two, and three, and. Maybe that's how I start my solo off. And let's say it's two bars of C major. Maybe I build onto my solo with the first Lego building block that we had originally, this one. Right? So I'm switching the components that Bud uses. So I'm going to go one. And I changed the rhythm just a little bit because I wanted to, right? I'm morphing the building blocks, right? One, two... Maybe I'll do that, right? So you want to really isolate these building blocks and use them and play around with them. And again, it, that could start on any beat. But the purpose of that is that, again, that's a building block. And as long as you want that C, because that's our target note, you want it on the downbeat. So maybe I have a scale. You know, I just have a five note pattern here. Five, four, three, two, one, not um, not in the key of C. I mean, this is seven, six. I'm just talking about five notes. I'm running down the scale, five notes. That's a line right there that I've created with a five note cluster. And then the Lego building block that I just used, right? So you see how this is coming together? So let's keep going in this um, first eight bars here. So he has, so back to the key of B flat, right? Now this is a really cool thing. He has a triplet. So that right, sit right there in itself, not going on further, you know, if you're looking at, you should be looking at the music with me, but um, 
going on further, it keeps going. But all I want to take out of this is the triplet. So triplet. And that itself could be a building block, right? So he's tripling, tripling, <laughs> tripleting. He's trip, excuse me, tripleting down into the six. And then finally, his actual target is the five, right? So he has, that's his target note, right? So this is starting on the three. So three, pull it, four, and one, right? So that right there, this is the seven, okay? Of like a B flat seven chord. So let's start from the beginning here. Now you can analyze this in two ways. And if on the chord um, that's happening here, this is, you know, if you're using kind of like uh, one, six, two, five changes, this, this right here would be the flat nine, sharp nine of the G7 chord, right? So now again, this target note here, you know, that's where he's going to from this line, right? But it keeps going. But their main, my main point here is that this Lego, that is, you know, uh, a Lego building block there. So in the key of B flat, we're in the key of B flat, and I would rather you, th you can think about it in two ways. So you can think about using this line over the key of G G7, right? And leading down to the seventh. So flat nine, sharp nine, flat nine, one, passing tone, down into the seven. So if I were to do this in the key of C, right? So here, flat nine, right? Down to the seven, right? Down to my seven. Now that's one way to think about it. So for all your dominant chords, you now have this little cool Lego building block that you can use, right? And I could do it, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you want to practice all over, but that's your, that's your Lego building block there, right? And so again, you can start to combine things. Let's say, go back to our C major seven example, right? Let's say it goes to um, an E flat dominant chord afterwards. So that would be my dominant line that we just took. But before, right, we had this, we had that, and then we had, And then I might do this, right? So I'm building off of the Lego building blocks. Now, obviously you need things to connect that, right? But I'm just, I'm not, I'm purely talking about the deconstruction and the rebuild of these Lego building blocks so you can use them on your own and start to build up this database, this collection of these little types of movements that you can use and build like Legos, right? You put them together and piece them together. So back to the solo here. So it keeps going, right? So obviously that wasn't the end of his line. Now this, this in itself right here, that is more of like along the lines of a, a lick, I would say. But it's also a Lego, but you can split this up into two parts. You can call this one Lego, because that resolved to the G. And then you also have the last half, which is just of the C minor seven chord. So again, this would be over a C minor seven. So he's approaching the third here. So 11 into the third, or you can think of chord scale above the third here, the minor third. Chord scale above, half step above, and then into it. So this, 
So that would be your Lego building block. Right? No matter where you are, what key you're in. And you hear this all the time in jazz. This is a very common Lego building block. Right? You also hear that. Everything, all these little Lego building blocks are going to compile together to improve your solo, right? So this is, I would practice this and use it in different ways. You could do that. You could do that, it doesn't matter, right? But the, pur the purpose is that you take these little Lego building blocks, right? So, and then the second part, that's a super easy one that we can use really, really easily. So five, seven, nine. It's just a G minor triad. It creates a really nice movement. Right, and you can, I mean, obviously I started to mess around, but I'm creating motifs off of this. It's just off three notes and you can already start to make it sound good. And again, if you start to combine, that's more of a bebop line, obviously I was playing more of a modern style, but again, that's the end of the, so, so the beginning of the line, right, so he has this, So he has one and two and three and I can't really count and play at the same time. <laughs> right? And that whole line finishes. Now, if we keep going here. So that's a super easy one. Right? So chord scale above, root, half step below, root, and then triad, major triad. That one is a great Lego. Like you should, you should be able to use that whenever you want, right? That's great. I mean, it's such a great one. In the key of C, right? It's a great way to finish lines off, to start lines off. You can start a line off. If you have a break, you know, um, yeah, if you have an ending or like a, uh, you know, you have... Or if you're ending a song, you know, you could do a double hand thing to end it, right? Kind of doesn't really resolve, but it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, but that's a great Lego right there. You know, that can be used in so many different ways in the middle of solos and the end of solos, right? And that's a super easy one. So he has, he leaves some space here, right? So one, two, three, four, one, two. Now this, depending on the chord here, like if you have, um, you know, in rhythm changes, you have one, then you sometimes you have one over three or uh, dominant over three or six chord. Diminished, right? So here he's playing. Essentially you're leading up to the five. So here you have one,
Here's our diminished chord, right? Into the five. And then two, five, one, right? But essentially what's happening here is if you look at this, he's coming down a C minor seven chord to get to the F. Now again, I'm not sure uh, technically like where the bass player was or what he was thinking. Um, you know, if he was, he probably wasn't thinking over this diminished chord. He's probably thinking more of like a sus sound, right? Like a delayed resolution, right? So again, seven, five, three, one for the C minor. You know, that's a great sound to use over like a dominant chord, right? So if you think C minor, this would be for your F7 chord, right? Here's F7 and I'm thinking C minor, right? So the C minor chord, you're gonna think a fourth down from whatever dominant chord you're playing. A fourth down, you're gonna outline the chord, come down, so let's say I was playing a G7 chord, I'd think D minor, a fourth down, right? Just like that. And again, then you just hit the root. So if I was playing B flat seven, I'd think a fourth down, F minor seven. Right, it's a really cool line. You know, you could come down, um, you know, in different ways. So really cool Lego building block there. And then finally, he finishes off with this cool thing. He has a 16th note. Now, if we look through the entire uh, first eight bars, he has no 16th notes. He has eighth notes. He has quarter notes. He has a half note. He has a triplet. And that's it. Now, this is the first time he uses a 16th note. And he goes, 40 and a one and. Right? 40 and a one and. And in context, so he has... That's a really cool thing. So, right, because he's finally adding a 16th note contrast, and I call this more of like an ornamental 16th note, right? Because it's just ornamenting the, the D. Essentially, what he's doing is this. So again, just resolving down into the third. So four and one and. Now, if you take this concept and you look deeply into it, because there's more behind this, a lot of people just see the 16th notes, but he's ornamenting the eighth note bebop approach half step above half step below into the third and then down to the five now if that's the case then any bebop resolution or ornament or excuse me bebop approach that you have right you can ornament with a 16th note you know so any type of ornament so again back to the c minor seven Right, that's an eighth note approach. So to make that a 16th note ornament, I can go. Does that make sense? So any bebop eighth note approach, I can ornament and make it sound more elegant, more classy, more flashy by adding this 16th note uh, ornament. Right? It's a really cool thing. So that's all he's doing. So he has this resolution. And he's going really, really cool. And again, it's to the third. So you want to think about chord scale above. Let's say we're in the key of C, chord scale above, half step below, down to the third. Practice your eighth note approach first. And then if you want to start to ornament it, because it takes a little bit more dexterity, more technique, right? Then you have this. 
Okay, and whatever's fingering, whatever fingering is best for you, because depending upon the key, it's gonna change, right? But I would, I would stick with something around three, four, two, three, thumb, right? So let's walk through this again slowly. cool stuff. And again, if you just looked at that or you learned it all in one string, it's like a strand, you just learned all those eight bars, you wouldn't have the detailed Lego building blocks that you can now start to piece together in different ways. There's so much more content that most students uh, overlook inside of eight bars, four bars, two bars, right? And most people are looking at it with this big frame of mind, like, okay, this is a cool eight eighth, no, uh, excuse me, excuse me, eight bar line or lick or whatever. And we're going to see that more as we get into the next section in part two and part three as well uh, for the bridge, right? Because you really want to go detail inside all of these types of lines and really think, how can I use these as small building blocks that I can start to piece together in my own way to create my own solo? That way you're not just copying people. And again, I hear so many students, right? They'll be... And I'm like, whoa, like what you, you played, like <laughs> what was happening for the first like six bars. And then the last two bars, you had this kill and like, <laughs> I'm like, where did that come from? Like clearly they've practiced the lick and inserted it into these four bars, these two bars. And then the rest of the solo is just, you know, unfortunately not able to keep up to par. That's why it's so important to practice these Lego building blocks, study them and use them, experiment with them and, and spend time with them. So you develop a relationship with them in all different keys. And then you can start to piece them together yourself. You're creating your own solo in improv, which ultimately, guys, come on, let's be honest. We know that's what we all want to do. We want to be able to play this stuff ourselves. Like we want to be able to create ourselves. We don't want to have to copy what other people are playing. Like that's what Bud's for. I love listening to Bud because he he did this himself. I love listening to Oscar. You know, I want to be able to create what I want to be able to create. And I know all of you guys do out there as well. Okay, so I'm gonna go see you guys in part two. Thanks so much for watching, and uh, that was that was pretty awesome. I love that part two and part three get more in detail because Bud starts to let loose a little bit. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, with that being said, take care. Have a fantastic day and happy practicing.